Hello and welcome to this Endo Life. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an Endo Warrior and Endo Health Coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's (laughs) the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them i don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode. As usual, I'm hiding somewhere, currently hiding in the kitchen. Um, We're in Romania at the moment and there are cows with bells outside, a horse, children playing and our neighbours are in the garden picking the grapes from the vines um, in our garden. So there's a lot going on. So I'm hiding in the kitchen and hoping that you don't pick up on all the background noise because this is the time that I have to do it. So it has to be done. Okay, so many clients come to me for their endo symptoms, often pain, you know, bloat and endo belly. I do a lot of work around endo belly or menstrual irregularities. But when we work together, we look at the bigger picture and explore all of their symptoms, not just the classic endo or or hormonal ones, as it gives me a lot more information about what's going on in their body overall. And when we do this, much of the time, sleep problems come up, especially waking up in the early hours of the morning. So if you're someone who suffers with insomnia or night waking, today's episode might be helpful. If a client is struggling with this issue, my initial thoughts are, what are they eating for dinner? Is the plate balanced for blood sugar? And are they eating enough carbs? So let's first start with blood sugar. If you eat a high starch meal, say a bowl of pasta before bed, or maybe a bowl of cereal, and say you're not really eating a lot of fiber with it or fat or protein, Normally, your blood sugar levels are going to spike pretty high, although everyone has different individual responses, but typically that's what we would see. This is because starchy foods break down easily in the gut. They are then converted to glucose, and the glucose is absorbed into the bloodstream, creating this quickly elevated glucose level or blood sugar level. 
What then happens is the body panics and sends out a lot of a hormone called insulin, which picks up all of this glucose and shoves any excess glucose away into storage because high levels are damaging for the body. As a result, blood sugar levels plummet and this triggers the stress response to kick in and releases cortisol and adrenaline, which free up that stored away glucose back into the bloodstream. Now, normally these systems would work to our benefit. Insulin is the hormone that delivers glucose to our cells for energy every time we eat and providing we're eating in a way that supports blood sugar, we should get a nice steady delivery of glucose to our cells over time. And that means we can sleep soundly. Additionally, the stress response uses cortisol to release stored glucose when we need it for energy in stressful situations. So for example, if we had to run for the train, the body would release glucose to give us the energy to do that, which is great, right? We want extra energy when we're in stressful situations or situations of physical exertion. What we don't want is the stress response kicking off in the middle of the night, releasing cortisol and adrenaline and making us feel wide awake. In fact, cortisol should be low at night, which allows melatonin, one of our sleep hormones, GABA is the other one, by the way, to rise. Cortisol then slowly begins to rise in the early hours of the morning and melatonin starts to fall. And the increase in cortisol is what helps to wake you up. So if we're having a meal before bed that causes our blood sugar levels to spike sharply and then drop, the chances are cortisol and adrenaline may wake you up in the middle of the night. Now, some of you may be thinking, but I feel lovely and sleepy after a starchy meal. Yes, that's a feeling of a blood sugar crash. Essentially, our body is starved of fuel and so we get get lethargic and sleepy. You're also going to know that quite shortly, that carbohydrates do boost feel-good hormones. So that's the other kind of why you feel like good after a really carby meal. But essentially, if you're getting really sleepy and you feel like you need a nap, what's happening is we're experiencing a blood sugar crash. Essentially, our body is starved of fuel. And this is really the first stage of a blood sugar dip. And if we don't refuel, that's when we get the stress response kick in and we get shaky, wired, anxious, hangry, etc. So some of you may find that you eat this lovely big bowl of pasta and then you fall asleep in front of the TV, head to bed only to wake up a few hours later. This would be a sign that you need to tweak your meals a little bit. But don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to take anything away. I'm actually going to tell you to add. Add fiber in the form of veggies, protein in the form of beans, fish, meat, eggs, and finally healthy fats like avocado, olive oil, or nuts. So if you're having a bowl of spaghetti for dinner, add some prawns, lots of olive oil, and a really hearty fiber-rich salad. And remember, I mean, I know we've talked about this so many times, but I'll say it again for those who are new to the show. The rough ratios for blood sugar are half a plate of low starchy veggies like asparagus, broccoli, peppers, tomatoes, etc. A quarter of the plate is protein like beans, tofu, eggs, fish, etc. And the final quarter is a complex starchier carb like quinoa, sweet potato, rice, etc. topped with two heaped tablespoons of a healthy fat. Now for some of us, we do better splitting that final quarter between the starchy carbs and the fat. 
So essentially half of that final quarter is dedicated to carbs, which is like what, an eighth of the plate? This is usually better for those of us who are experiencing blood sugar struggles or don't have a high energy output and are, for example, sitting at a desk all day. For these people, that much starchy carbohydrate may spike blood sugar levels too much initially. But over time, as they work on blood sugar on blood sugar stabilization, we tend to see responses improve and they can increase their serving, start, serving sizes if they want to. Now, despite this, I actually think many of us would do better at night with that quarter plate of carbs. Some of you listening are probably like, but didn't she just say that starchy meals will cause us to spike and crash? Well, yes, when those carbs aren't properly balanced with fat, fiber, and protein, and when they're refined and not whole foods. Typically, you're going to get a much bigger spike from processed, refined carbs like pizza, crisps, sugar, cereal, bread, white rice, and pasta over foods like beans, vegetables, fruits, whole grains, and root veggies. Though I will say that some of us do spike from foods like um, rice and potatoes, but you can work around that by adding those food groups I've just mentioned and cooking and cooling your starches, which I shared in an episode a few weeks back, and I'll put the link in the show notes. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. So yes, if we have too many carbs without the other lovely food groups, we probably are going to crash and burn. But what happens if we have too little carbs? We actually have a similar problem. Our blood sugar levels are too low and they dip in the night and up goes the stress response. I actually had this with a client who was eating a very restrictive SIBO diet and I suspected she wasn't eating enough carbs. Eventually she got a continuous glucose monitor and her levels were actually going quite dangerously low in the early hours. She upped her carb intake in the evening at dinner and started sleeping through the night again and had consistent and even blood sugar levels. But that's not the only reason that carbs help at night. Carbs actually help us to produce melatonin. They support an amino acid called tryptophan to reach the brain. And tryptophan is the precursor to serotonin, meaning in short, it makes serotonin. And then that serotonin is converted into into melatonin by certain enzymes, which are only activated by darkness, which is why getting off screens and turning down the lights before bed is so important for sleep. So if we don't have enough carbs in our system, we may be struggling to make adequate melatonin. Now, the other thing here to consider is the role of protein. Protein is helpful to have with dinner because it supports healthy blood sugar levels and it can actually help us to feel full and satisfied. So, you know, no waking up hungry or going to bed starving. But it also contains the amino acid tryptophan, which we already know is very important for sleep. And foods rich in tryptophan include turkey, eggs, chicken, fish, tofu, peanuts, and to an extent, bananas. 
However, it's not as simple as just eating a load of tryptophan-based foods for dinner, and this is for two reasons. Protein is actually energizing. Many protein foods are rich in an amino acid called tyrosine, and this amino acid helps to make stimulating neurotransmitters and hormones like adrenaline and dopamine. Some research, not all research, but some research shows that high protein meals at night can actually be stimulating, especially in the absence of adequate carbs. As without carbohydrates, we can't get tryptophan to the brain to make serotonin there. The second reason is that amino acids compete with each other to get across the blood-brain barrier and into the brain. And if you're eating a protein-rich meal, especially in the absence of carbohydrates, tryptophan often takes the back seat. So whilst everyone is different, my general recommendation is not to go low protein at dinner, but you don't need to go over the top with it either. In fact, research shows that one of the best times to have a high protein meal is at breakfast, which shows benefits such as better blood sugar levels. And as we know, it boosts energizing hormones and neurotransmitters. So a great way to start the day. We are all individual and our bodies will respond differently but a good middle of the road approach would be to try the blood sugar balancing plate that I talked about earlier, which focuses on a quarter plate of protein and a quarter plate of starch or carbs and see how you do. If you feel the need to make adjustments, start experimenting with your protein and carb ratios and the types of carbs, especially to find the right balance for you. If you find yourself getting hungry just before bed, A possible option would be to try a small banana and at least a tablespoon of peanut butter. Both contain tryptophan, but not too many amino acids that tryptophan gets pushed to the sidelines. And the banana provides glucose to help the tryptophan conversion. Eat the peanut butter first and go for crunchy because that fat and the fiber from the actual pieces of nuts and the protein content can help prevent that spike from the banana. And do try to go for a small banana if possible, as this fruit can be quite notorious for blood sugar spikes, and we of course want to avoid that. Now remember, everybody is different, and research is showing more and more how we all have very individual responses to food. So it's really about taking this information and finding out what works for you personally. Another thing to note is that the research on this topic really varies, likely down to how individual responses how individual responses are when it comes to what we eat. So whilst this info is hopefully helpful, in time we may understand more how food affects our sleep and this general advice might change. I've linked to some further reading in the show notes if you do want to learn more. Finally, there are some other reasons for night waking, such as low progesterone and HPA access dysregulation. So if you don't find these methods helpful, you might want to start exploring those. Okay, that's it for this week. I really hope this episode brings you some much deserved better quality sleep. So if you found this episode helpful and you want to learn more about living well with endo or you'd like some further help, I wanted to remind you of the resources I have available to you and how you can work with me if you'd like to. So I obviously have hundreds of these episodes for you to binge on and I do have two free columns. So one on endometriosis net and one on endometriosis news and there are countless articles on there to help you thrive. You can also sign up to my newsletter for tips and updates. 
I have a digital cookbook and nutrition guide, This Endo Life, It Starts With Breakfast, which you can download for just $9.99. And if you want to go that step further, I have short and budget-friendly masterclasses in nutrition, surgery prep and recovery, and natural pain relief. I also have a DIY course, Live and Thrive with Endo, The Foundations, which you can sign up to at any time at a really affordable price point and you have lifetime access to. So you can go at your own pace and literally look back at it years down the line. This four module course will provide you with the most effective yet easy to digest tools and strategies to reduce your pain, fatigue, endo belly, brain fog and hormonal symptoms and allow you to live your life again. Each lesson includes the core foundational needle movers that I have seen work for my clients time and time and time again. You get all the essential information that you need to be endo without the overwhelm. Finally, you can apply to work with me one-to-one. This is my most advanced and personalized offer, so I only take a handful of clients. To find out the details and the application process, head to my coaching page. The links to all of these resources and ways to work with me are in the show notes. And finally, to help others find this podcast and reach as many people with endo as possible, please leave a review and please share with your friends and family and subscribe.